Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Benazes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. Today, I'm excited to welcome Caleb Anderson, Vice President of Portfolio and Engineering at Blue Planet to Executives at the Edge. Caleb, let's kick this off by having you tell us a bit about your background and your role at Blue Planet, please. Absolutely. Well, first of all, super excited to be here talking to you today, Pascal. Uh, my name is Caleb Anderson. Uh, I lead the product engineering and CTO functions uh, for Sienna's software business, which is branded uh, Blue Planet. And essentially, Blue Planet is focused on this space of intelligent automation, uh, essentially automating um, multi-vendor, multi-layer service provider networks. So really automating from layer zero up to layer three business services. And when we say automation, we mean inventory, orchestration, path computation, assurance, uh, and, and analytics, and doing that in a coordinated closed loop kind of way. So th that's actually very interesting, right? Automation, machines are coming in everywhere now, and we're seeing automation a must-have. I've talked to many service providers, and it used to be that, you know, it's nice to have it, but now I'm mirroring, you know, with everybody want to be like cloud-like and experience, it's a must-have everywhere. And so from your experience, can you tell me a little bit, you know, how do you see, you know, this automation game play out specifically, you know, as a must-have in your, in, in your mind? And then we'll apply it. How do you see it with 5G, please? Absolutely. So um, I think automation and 5G is changing the conversation significantly today. Um, and the reality is today, almost all intelligent automation spend, in my view, is attached to 5G in some way, shape or form, right? And why is that? Networks are more dynamic. The workloads are getting much more distributed out to the edge. There's naturally interoperability issues as you try and have 5G overlay with traditional 4G environments. And because of that, it's impossible to address these issues using traditional manually intensive processes. Okay, so for me, the reality is the vision of 5G can't be achieved without automation due to the complexity of the use cases and ultimately the interaction that this technology has with the legacy environment, which a lot of the times we don't talk about. And when I say automation in the context of a, both a network as well as in 5G, uh, for me, it means really five key competencies. Inventory and federation, having a single source of truth across your environment, spanning transport, core, RAN, edge and applications. Orchestration, both physical, virtual and services orchestration via a model driven approach. Path computation, how do I intelligently place loads on the edge of the network um, to deliver things like low latency services? Assurance and analytics, delivering closed loop action from a fault performance or SLA perspective and bring, bringing all that together. And a practical example of that uh, in terms of the criticality of automation would be you know, something like how do you stitch together a network slice spanning transport, core, RAN and edge for something like a gaming use case that needs to happen over a four hour window to deliver for a tournament. How do I bring that up in real time? How do I tear it down when the tournament's finished? It's impossible to do that in a practical way, manually or piecemeal. So automation and 5G in my view go hand in hand. The good thing is most telcos understand that 5G and automation does go hand in hand due to the complexity of the environment and thus are planning for it in terms of how they roll out with automation as sort of a foundation element of that. 
Well, that's kind of interesting, Kalen, because you're, do you see like this idea of network slicing being very, very critical in the 5G realm and how that plays into the fixed assets too? So will, will slicing basically deliver your virtual part of your quality of your network and it's your virtual, it's your network in some way as a subscriber and it delivers performance, but it's not just 5G, it's related across where the fixed and wireless assets are. And then basically your product, the Blue Planet, orchestrates and maintains that slice objectives. Is that kind of what you mean by closed automation, right? Absolutely, I do. So if you look at, you know, um, the telco's vehicle for monetizing 5G, um, slicing is one key way of doing that, right? Let me give an enterprise a slice for themselves. Let me give a vertical market a slice um, for a specific use case. Um, doing that in a coordinated way, having the visibility into how that needs to be delivered, not just set up and delivered once, but how that is performing and operating so that you can then drive policy to expand or contract that slice on a set of parameters, right? And so for me, that visibility is a key part of being able to deliver an end-to-end -end, uh, automation seamless experience. And in Blue Planet, we like to say, you can't automate what you can't see. So getting that real-time view into your 5G network, particularly a slice and how it's performing is, is really critical. And the reality is 20 years ago, Networks were really different to today, right? The services were static. You could wait a week to turn it up and then, you know, you, you, you would deploy it and then, you know, you, you wouldn't do much with it, right? Um, that's not the case anymore. If you look at something like slicing that you're referencing before, Pascal, we live in this world of instant gratification. It needs to be on demand. It needs to be real time. It needs to be predictive. Um, getting that visibility in terms of how your, your 5G environment, your slicing is working in a real time manner is critical, right? Um, and, and I think there's two, two aspects of that, right? Give me the visibility to understand what's in my network, what resources I have, how those resources are being placed to deliver a network slice how they need to be organized to meet things like capacity and demand, very much an inventory centric view of the world. And then the second one is understanding what's happening in the network. What's the customer experience? What's the performance of that slice as an example? Is service being impacted? And what policies do I need to implement to enforce the SLA? And driving that in a closed loop type action, I think is really critical in being able to deliver this next generation digital experience around 5G. Yeah, that, that is absolutely so true. You you hit it right on that it's all about that digital experience and that cloud-like experience and automation and that visibility plays a very critical role. So so tell me, Caleb, so where do CSP start when considering you know network automation and what needs to be changed uh, in order to enable this 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 new transformation to automation for them? Yeah, so um the starting point for me is you can't automate what you can't see. So for me, everything starts with clean inventory, right? And if you sort of rewind even back prior to the rollout of 5G, look at traditional networks. One of the biggest problems telcos had was breaking down the data silos that exist, right? We have data sitting in static inventory systems, SDN controllers, NMSs, um, let's be honest, Excel spreadsheets. Um, so how do you get a true view of your network and what's in it is a problem that has built up over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, in addition to that, network and OSS environments have also built up over the last 20, 30 years, building legacy on top of legacy. 
And I believe honestly, inventory is at the heart of that problem. And it's a key foundation pillar that needs to be solved um, as you're going on an automations journey. And as I like to say, there's this concept of spaghettification that's really built up over the network over time. You know, Lots of peer-to-peer -peer integrations, manual processes being the norm, various ordering systems integrated into domain controllers, billing systems integrated into workflow engines. Um, we've got NMS proliferation going on out there. And all of this has created a problem in the network of lots of data silos that inhibit the telco from having a single source of truth. So being able to federate from these various systems to create a service inventory of record, in my view, is key to starting any automations journey. Once you know what's in the network, whether that's a wired network or a wireless network or the RAN environment, how it applies to a service that sits on top of that function, you essentially then have the foundation to build upon from an automations perspective. And I think this is all the more important in a 5G world where you have next generation 5G assets interacting with legacy 4G and in some cases 3G, right? And for example, the RAN space, if you look at it, like the rest of the telco, is generally fragmented as a set of systems that have evolved over time. Thus federating from these legacy environments is key to a successful 5G rollout. How do I plan the densification of my 5G rollout with my existing 4G radios? It actually all starts with inventory and having this single source of truth. And then once you've got that single source of truth, then you can look at other automation considerations. You know, things like intelligent automations. How do I use AI to drive the outcome I want, not legacy rules-based approaches? How do I then orchestrate via a model intent-driven approach um, as a part of an open digital architecture? How do I use the standards that the likes of MEF, TM, Forum, 3GPP are driving to drive seamless programmability up into northbound and southbound systems? And then you can get really um, uh, funky in terms of driving assured performance, real-time predictive and closed-loop action. But all these, um, all these value adds I was talking about have one common truth, and that is if you don't have that baseline inventory to drive a services view of the world, then, then you're gonna be really hand-strung in being able to deliver upon that true digital experience you're looking to provide. So do, you know, with multiple clouds and you know, IT moving into the cloud, does that also mean that you, they get visibility to that assurance of performance into connection to clouds too? As, as you know, all the service providers are connected to clouds. Um, do you also provide that kind of visibility or, is it, or does it stop at that boundary? You, you actually have to moving forward. So I think there's this concept of a single source of truth. And then people ask, well, what does that mean in a dynamic, you know, multi-cloud-based world? Is there a single source of truth? And, and I think the answer is absolutely yes, but it is different um, than what we would have considered a single source of truth, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, Pascal. Um, and the reason for that is inventory is not static anymore. It's dynamic and particularly in the 5G multi-cloud and distributed ed edge world, um, it's very, very dynamic. So you have to look at this problem of a single source of truth a bit differently. Um, where previously you had these monolithic inventory systems that would store all the information across the network mm. and act as a single source of truth, it doesn't really cut it today. Today we have SDN controllers sitting much closer to the network. Um, you have multi-cloud controllers shifting workloads between different public clouds and private clouds. 
um, and, and you have a very um, uh, uh, heterogeneous multi-vendor environment playing out. Ensuring that these inventory systems are talking to these controllers um, and pulling real-time data from the network and the edge is absolutely critical. And for me, this is where this concept of federation is really important. Federating from these systems into a dynamic inventory system that can be updated in real time is sort of where, where, where things have evolved to, right? Um, delivering a services inventory view of the world that stitches together data from these various systems, maintains a synchronous state between the planned view and what's in the network, meaning that you can reconcile between the two and then being able to publish you know, the, a real-time service inventory to the various systems that need it, whether it's orchestrators, customer care systems, billing systems, lots of systems need that dynamic inventory. And a world where you federate to maintain a real-time view of the world, um, industry standards become really important. Hence what we're doing uh, within MET. So leveraging the APIs to allow the various systems to exchange the information in a consistent way is absolutely foundational. And this is where, you know, the work that we're doing at MEF or even TM Forum, it's critical in defining not only the payloads that will exchange this information, but as well as the process model that wraps around it to integrate into these various northbound and southbound systems actually plays a key role in this dynamic inventory, real-time single source of truth world that we live in, that's very much driven by our 5G and multi-cloud. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I just got off a call with George Goss, CTO of TM Forum. As you know, MEP has built, you know, our APIs and the payloads that go with those APIs, and we'll talk about a minute what payloads mean, uh, built on top of the TM Forum APIs. So it's really interesting to see that you're utilizing both. So it's nice, nice. Absolutely. But one thing, Caleb, I wanted to ask was, you know, can CSPs go at this alone? I mean, do they really need to now think about interconnecting themselves into a bigger ecosystem? To the, you know, into a big supply chain. You know, at MEF, we've been talking a lot and working a lot about Sonata and Interlude and now Cantata and Allegro, which means it's about connecting the whole ecosystem together to federate, and you talk to federation a lot. So connecting together and allowing to have the supply chain as we see all over in every other industry to be able to buy and sell in a very automated, dynamic, fluid way. How, how, do, you, how do you see that? I mean, can a CSD really stand by itself or does it need to connect together to create this global federation? It's yeah. a really good question. And what I would flag is um, these intercarrier use cases that I know, are, you know you've been very close to as you've sort of worked within MEF are becoming real. Um, and, and so absolutely we're seeing this shift in mindset changing within the telcos in terms of, um, you know, I can choose a particular vendor or I can do this all, my, all myself within, within my own environment. Um, the reality is 10 years ago, the preferred approach was to probably engage an OSS vendor or a single throat to choke and give them control cradle to grave. Um, the reality is that is shifting and it is shifting because um, the ecosystem is changing also. Um, you know, we see a lot of telcos evolving uh, from the, 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 the single vendor approach or do it themselves approach since they realize that, um, you know, they gave up control in that old world and were beholden to someone else. So they didn't really control their own environment. So today we see telcos taking more of a best of breed approach in selecting best in class vendors um, to work in a broader ecosystem. 
Um, and I do think that the telcos realize that an ecosystem approach is the only way that they can deliver on next generation services such as 5G, Edge and IoT. And for me, I see the ecosystem really coalescing um, around five key profiles. Um, obviously, you have the telco who's focused on you know, delivering the end-to-end -end converged infrastructure. You have the hyperscaler operators whose resources are consumed by the enterprises. They're delivering distributed cloud infrastructure. And more commonly these days, they're working with the telcos in delivering the intelligent edge. Um, we see the app providers and network function vendors who are delivering not only the physical uh, infrastructure, but the virtual resources that are consumed by the enterprises. And then we see the automation vendors such as Blue Planet as well as systems integrators, really responsible for delivering the end-to-end -end service visibility control, and then stitching all of that together to go make it happen, right? And in a 5G world, if you're rolling out a 5G service, you need all of those pieces working together, right? Um, it's not about a hyperscaler versus telco, it's about bringing them together with the wrapper around it that can control that environment and integrate in that environment. Now, that last category, uh, in terms of automation vendors and systems integrators, I would flag, is where I've seen a significant paradigm shift over the last few years. Um, previously, a lot of the systems that were deployed to manage telco environments uh, were closed. Today, they're very open and programmable, you know, delivering SDKs, integrated development environments, the standard APIs that we touched on uh, uh, earlier. This means that the control in the network is also moving back to the vendor um, uh, moving from, sorry, from the vendor back into the hands of the telco so that they can build upon these systems themselves and then have the control or leverage the partners that they want to have the control. So the ecosystem is changing. It's a much broader ecosystem. Um, the environment is much more programmable these days that allows the telcos to have control tweak in the dials to also achieve the outcomes that they want. Um, and we see both absolutely playing out in, uh, in this next generation, 5G, multi-cloud, edge-based world. Well, you know, such a great, great insight, Kalem. And thank you for so much for this conversation. And, you know, I like to say that Blue Planet, I know at MEF we had our conferences and I know you guys won a ton of awards for your innovation and your ideas and innovation. Your product, you know, it was, it's not just, basically vaporware, I mean, you're delivering this today, like all the things you talked about, right? It's it's real production, great quality products that you're shipping out to your uh, service provider customers and so on, and they're implementing it, correct? Um, so absolutely. this is real, right? It is, absolutely. We've got, you know, uh, over 200 customers, uh, Telco customers deploying the Blue Planet portfolio. Um, the partnership that we have with MEF to ensure that um, we're abstracting from our products in a consistent way that makes it easy for telcos to be able to consume um, those, uh, those products and applications, a key part of our overall journey map. So we really appreciate the partnership um, with MEF. Uh, the investments that we've done in the APIs go a long way to achieving um, the, the needs of the telco to have an open and programmable environment. Well, Kalem, I want to thank you for your time. And I know we're at various distances of the world. You're in Australia and I'm in Seattle, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to finally get out again and hopefully we'll see you soon. Uh, I know we, hopefully we'll see you at one of our member events here in July coming up. And uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, spending time with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me today.